All right. Good morning, Faith Church. Hey, man, welcome. It's so good to have you joining us this morning. Again, we hate that we had to go back to just being online, but we are still so excited that we have the privilege to come into your home and worship together, to experience God's presence together, and to be challenged and changed by God's word together. So if you're our Faith Church family, again, we want you to know, again, we're going to continue to miss seeing you face-to-face, but we're glad you're continuing to connect with us online. And to all of, uh, all of you who are guests, who are maybe showing up, you received an invite, someone tagged you on a post, man, we're so glad that you've decided to join us We say it every week that we believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. So whoever you are, wherever you're watching from and whatever you're going through, we just want to encourage you to open up your heart, allow God to meet you where you are. It'll be the greatest decision that you have ever made. So again, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hey, listen, did you guys know that camping is on the rise? It's kind of a weird thing because it's not really my thing, but really since 2014, This whole camping thing, families specifically getting out in the woods, has been gaining momentum and traction. And there's some reasons for it, right? It's a cost-effective family vacation, and it's just uh, there's a new appreciation for the outdoors and the environment. But really, in 2020, where it's been going up for the last several years, camping has exploded in 2020. Now, again, I think it still rings true that there's an appreciation for the environment and families probably more now than ever have been looking for some cost-efficient family vacations. I think probably Disney World closing has a little something to do with it. But in large part, people are saying it's because of the social distancing that camping provides. So camping is on the rise. Now, if you're a camper, there's really two kind of ways to camp, right? There's, There's primitive camping, And then there's RV camping. Now, primitive camping is when you go out in the woods and there's no conveniences. You have no electricity. You have no running water. Like none of the conveniences, like do you have? Typically, you don't have cell phone service. So you just go out into the woods and you live raw. But then there's RV camping. Now, RV camping is when you take a mini mobile home and park it in the woods with all the convenience of a regular house. Come on, you got a toilet, you got a bed, you got some air conditioning, at least a fan, you have electricity, you have running water. Now, I'm just going to tell you this. If I have to go camping, I'm riding the RV train. How many people are on the RV train? Yeah, I mean, but some people we know, right, they love to get out and they love to do the primitive thing. Now, one of the things, if you're going to go primitive, is you have to find shelter. Now, some people take a tent. Some people use, if you're going to be out there a little while, we'll make like a little bed with branches. But every now and then, people will find themselves in a cave. They'll find some shelter in a carved out rock. Now, here's what's crazy is if you're just kind of going in for a weekend, caves can be adventurous. They can be mysterious. They can be fun. But if you're forced to live in a cave for a long period of time, All of a sudden, that cave can be dreary and dark and lonely and isolating. And the reason I want to talk about caves is because this morning, we're starting a brand new series entitled Made in the Cave. And what we find is that there are several people in Scripture who are forced to live for seasons and moments in caves. And these cave moments that we're going to look at for the next several weeks are packed with life lessons. And so I want us to dig into these stories because I believe that God has something that he wants us to hear and something that we need to learn so ultimately there's something that we can do in the season we find ourselves. Now, again, because some of us who are watching this are campers, you're saying, Pastor, I don't really even know anything about caves. Maybe you've never been in a cave. 
Obviously, I'm not talking about literal caves. I'm talking about those moments in life that we find ourselves that we didn't choose, we didn't really want to be there, but it's those moments that, that we find ourselves in this dark season where we find ourselves in a dreary season, a depressing season, an isolated season, where we feel like we're all alone. And the reason I think this series is relevant and it's gonna help thousands of people who will get this series is because I believe this COVID crisis is a cave season. It's a cave moment. Like, there are lots of stats. In fact, I just heard yesterday that uh, depression is up 300% because of this season of COVID. People are wrestling with isolation as we were in the first wave forced to go into our homes and now it feels like a second wave is coming. We feel isolated. We feel like we're in this dark season. We feel like we're depressed. And so I don't want to talk about a real cave. I want to talk about the, 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 the caves we find ourselves in in life and ultimately how do we maneuver them? What do we do? How do we overcome? What do we need to do to get through this season? And so today I want us to jump into one of the key figures that spends a portion of his life in a cave and his name is David. Now, David, if probably you've been in church very long, or you've been around the Bible very long, we know the name David. David was one of the kings of Israel. In fact, he was probably one of the best kings of the nation of Israel. God's word defines him as a man after God's own heart. And you read in the, in the Bible kind of this brief biographical sketch of the life of David. And as you read his life, you find that like there are some mountaintops and there are some valleys, there are some up, up seasons and there are some down seasons. And that's one of the reasons like we dig his story and it speaks to us is because everybody, come on, we like a good story arc, don't we? Like nobody wants to go to the movie theater and watch two hours of a, of a camera watching a guy get up, brush his teeth, take a shower, drive to work, go to work, sit behind a desk for eight hours, go home, right, eat a meal and go to bed, repeat, right? We like adventure, we like up action, we like conflict, like we like the climax, we like, everybody likes a good story arc. David's life is a story arc. Now here's what's crazy is if we got to pick, probably most people watching this, if you're listening to this, we don't like personally the story arcs. Man, we wish our life was just even keel. <laughs> like we, we, just, we don't really want the adventure because it comes with too much conflict. It comes with too much tension. Like we wish our life was just like this. But I'm gonna tell you the reality is, and you know this and I know this, is the reason we like it in movies and the reason we like it in books is because we identify that our life isn't even keel. Our life is a story arc, which means there are gonna be times that we inevitably, like David, find ourselves in cave moments you're going to find yourself if you aren't in one now you probably have been one in one and if you've not been in one i promise you one's coming well we're going to find ourselves in one of these dark dreary isolating discouraging and depressing seasons what do you do here's the question how should we respond in cave moments what do you do when you find yourself in one of those seasons. So David's story is kind of amazing. Here's kind of his story arc. This isn't all of it, but David, we're introduced to David. And David, he's this, this young, unimportant, nobody really knows his name. He's really a nobody, but we find him that he is a shepherd of sheep and God sends a prophet to where he is, to his family. And ultimately, this young teenage boy gets anointed to be the next king of Israel. Can you imagine? 
Like basically he gets this job assignment from God. He gets this calling. He gets a career path and it ends with the crown. And so we find him from this calling to the crown. Kind of the next big place we see David is we see him on the battlefield where he's fighting Goliath. And we all know that story. It's an epic story where he takes down the giant Goliath, this seasoned warrior. And because of this victory on the battlefield, ultimately David gets an invite to be a part of King Saul's court. King Saul was the present reigning king and ultimately God was raising David up to replace King Saul. And so because of his victory, because he fights the battle, no other Hebrew soldier will fight. He wins the battle, gets an invite into the king's court and we find him and basically while he's in the king court, he shines. He's shining in the moment. He's, he's like taken over. And we find out a couple of things about David that David, first of all, he's got some mad music skills. He's a vocalist like Axl Rose. He's a songwriter. This guy ha- is, is a musician. He can play like lead guitar, rhythm guitar. Key. Like this guy's got some really good music skills. And he's not just musically gifted, but this guy is a warrior. Like that whole Goliath thing wasn't a one-off. It wasn't a fluke. It wasn't like he accidentally. What we find out is that David can kick major butt. Like he goes out into different uh, if different battles on behalf of the nation of Israel and basically this this hook starts taking place in society and culture like this is the hashtag of the day is that while Saul can kill his thousands David can kill his tens of thousands like this guy's making a name for himself and so here's what I want you to see in the story arc is is he's kind of just waiting kind of he's waiting for this this next moment his you can see his life is on this clear trajectory and he's just kind of waiting for King Saul to die so he can take over. However, while he's waiting, we find out that King Saul becomes so jealous of David that he wants to kill him. And so David has no choice but to go on the run and we find him forced to live in a cave. And so this arc of where it looks like everything's going right and all of a sudden his his destiny and his purpose and what what he feels like he's hoping for all of a sudden it's hijacked and David is forced to live in the cave and here's the big idea of where we're going to go today if you're taking notes and I would encourage you to write some of these things down here's the big idea is that caves can qualify us for crowns caves these these moments we don't want these moments we wish wouldn't happen these moments that we dread when we know when they know where they're coming these moments that we hate when we're in the middle of i just want everybody to know this if you're watching it and you are in a cave moment you're in a dark dreary depressing discouraging season god can use your cave moment to qualify you for a crown come on somebody so 1 Samuel 22, here's where we find David again. He ultimately now is on the run and it says, so David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam. So just this one sentence, we find him again. He is almost at the pinnacle. He's right there where he wants to be. And all of a sudden he's on the run and he finds himself in the cave. So David goes from the shepherd field to the battlefield. He goes from the king's court waiting for the king's crown and ends up in a cave. Again, that's how life happens, where we feel like everything's going right. Like March this year, it felt really good. We've grown as a church for eight years. We came into this year believing, man, this is going to be our best year yet. All of us as a staff, man, excited. I know there's things happening in people's family. Like, right, I don't know about you, but I was excited for 2020. We talked about eyes to see. 
And all of a sudden, man, the moment got hijacked, the season, the rug got pulled off from underneath of us, and here we are living in a cave moment. And so, like, what, what do we do? I just want you to hear this, that the road to the castle usually runs through a cave. If you want your castle, you want your crown, you want your calling, you want what God has for you, I'm just telling you, it's not always a direct route. Oftentimes, and you can find this, read any biography of anybody important, anybody successful, and they'll tell you they went through a season that they didn't plan for, they didn't want. When it came, they hated it, but it used them to develop them and to hone them. The pressure of the moment, the difficult season, the thing they wish never happened to them was the key thing that they feel like life used to prep them and to prepare them for the ultimate calling they were hoping for. So the road to the castle usually runs through a cave. It's a place where we're made. It's a place where we're shaped. It's a place, again, where we're home those cave moments now, sometimes when we go and we find ourselves i don't know about you guys but have you ever questioned when you're in the cave like hey like why what did i do wrong and sometimes when you're in the darkest most difficult moment you feel like you're disqualified from the crown like like that's it you made a, you made such a bad decision or like you're in this place you're never going to recover Again, I just want you to hear this. If you're in that cave, and again, this COVID is really that season for so many of us, don't feel like you've been disqualified from the crown. Again, I'm just going to tell you that caves can qualify us for crowns. This dark season doesn't disqualify you. It's a setup. I believe this with all of my heart. Now, sometimes, I don't know about you guys, sometimes we're not as ready as we think we are, right? We're not as ready as we think we are for what we want, what we hope happens. I don't know if anybody else ever goes through this. This is a pretty regular occurrence in my life is my family and I will be ready to go somewhere or getting ready to go somewhere, especially if we're going on a trip. If we're going like, especially to the beach or we're gonna go away for a couple of days, you know, there's that whole stressful moment of packing and making sure everybody's in the car and you have everything you need. Come on, you're gonna be on the road. You gotta have some snacks. I mean, I don't know what it is, but if you drive 10 minutes, you're good. If you drive 20 minutes, you're okay. Anything more than an hour, you need a box of Milk Duds and a Coke. Like, you got to have some sugar. You got to have some goods to keep you going. You got to roll through Starbucks and get some caffeine. So you make sure all of your luggage is in the car. At least for me, what I have found out is I usually am like the first one in the car. And I'm kind of patiently waiting impatiently waiting for everybody else to get their act together because we got a place to be because i roll on a schedule we got to leave at this time so we can get there at this time come on is anybody else that way like even on vacation i need kind of need a schedule and so i just find myself like waiting for the last minute my kids are kind of running getting last minute things my wife kind of getting last minute things and i'm sitting in the car like come on let's go and this inevitably happens i think i'm ready to go everybody gets in the car i put it in reverse and i think I forgot my sunglasses. And there's always that moment, do I want to admit, now everybody's got to wait on me. Yeah, and I run back in there. And then when I'm in the house, I'm like, oh, I forgot my wallet. And so now, every, I thought I was ready to go, but in reality, I wasn't as ready as I thought. And there's a couple of things I need to do before I can get to my destination. Come on, sometimes we're not as ready as we think we are. Listen, everybody in this room, David thought he was ready for the crown, but I believe with all of my heart, while David thought he was ready to be king, he thought he was just waiting for King Saul to pass on the crown. The truth is, come on, sometimes we're waiting on our calling, but sometimes our calling is waiting on us. We think we're ready to go. We think we're ready for the next thing. We think we're ready for the dream. And the truth is, come on, we're not waiting on, we're not waiting on the relationship. Some of you watching this, like, you think you're ready. You're ready for that significant other. And you're just waiting for that person to show up. 
Or maybe you're, wait, you're waiting for that, for that career path to open up. Like you're just waiting for the phone call. You're waiting for, you're waiting for somebody to catch your resume. You're waiting for, for the connection. You're waiting for the interview because, come on, you're ready to go. I'm ready for the job. I'm ready for the career. I'm ready for the relationship. Some of you feel like you got this big opportunity and like, man, I, just, I wish somebody would see my talent. I wish somebody would recognize. Some of you feel a calling to ministry. And you feel like you're in this season of waiting. And I'm just going to tell you the reality is sometimes we're in this place where it's not about, right, that this thing's, we're waiting on this, it's waiting on us. Some of you got to get ready for the relationship you want. Some of you aren't ready to really step into a significant relationship where it's one man and one woman in the context of marriage for life. We're not really ready for it. And so until your calling comes to you, get ready for the calling you're going forward to. Get your heart ready. Get your attitude ready. Work hard in the background. In fact, what I believe with all of my heart that sometimes waiting is not a calendar issue. It's a character issue. Like we're not just waiting for things to line up. What we're waiting for, sometimes what God is waiting for is it's a character issue. God wants in the, in the trajectory, in the story arc of your life. Like, you're like, I'm ready. I'm ready for the crown. God's like, well, you're not yet. I need to take you into a cave so you can work on your character so you can really wear the crown. So again, we don't want these moments, but come on. Listen, if you want your relationship, if you want your ministry, if you want your calling, if you want your, come on, how many people want success and you want to walk in good things and you want to walk in favor? Come on, if we want what God has for us, sometimes the road to the crown often goes through a cave and we don't want it, but God uses those moments to hone us. If you're, if you're taking notes, it's up to us to prepare our character, but it's up to God to prepare our calling. God will take care of a lot of the stuff that you can't take care of. But there's some stuff that God wants us to deal with to get us ready so our character and our calling can merge. Think about David for a second. When you look at David, here's at least kind of a takeaway that I think we can look at. Again, he's this, he's this kind of nobody shepherd. He's taking care of sheep. He becomes a warrior. He doesn't just kill Goliath. He kills lots of other people in battle. And then we find him really in the cave. Which tells me this, that David knew how to be a warrior. He just didn't know how to be a leader. Like if you look at his life, here's the takeaway up to the cave. Is he knows a lot about loving sheep and a lot about killing people. But he knows very little about leading people. And if you're going to wear the crown, it's about learning to lead people. Well, where are you going to learn that at? David, like many of us are gonna learn some of the hardest lessons, but some of the most essential lessons in these cave moments. In these dark, difficult, like the thing you don't want. I, I, I can't wait to get on the other side of COVID. Here's a question. Are we gonna be better on the other side of COVID than we were going into COVID? Because if you're just waiting to be the same person when this is on the other side, you missed a key moment that God took us as a nation, as a globe, as a people, as a church. God took us in the cave for a reason. And that's to get us ready for the next season that's coming. Come on, does anybody hear me today? Come on. So here's where we're going to go kind of for the next few minutes as we dig into just this piece of David's life is that cave moments are mostly about the choices we make. These cave moments, while you're in the cave, while you're in this season, it's about the choices you're making while you're there. Life as a whole, think about this. Life as a whole, if we're honest, when we look at our lives, it, we are really kind of the, the sum total of decisions that are made. 
And when I say sum total of those decisions, it's a sum total of decisions that other people have made that have impacted our lives. And it's also the sum total in addition to of the decisions we've made. Some of you are who you are because of where you were raised, how you were raised, how your parents treated you. Like some of us, we know this statistically, that some of us, we are who we are because we were raised in a two-parent home, a single-parent home. Some of us were adopted. That impacts of us. Some of us are who we are because whether we went to private school or public school or we were homes, like that impacts us. So a lot of our lives like we are impacted by other people's decisions and we unfortunately have very little to do with what the decisions other people make that impact our lives sometimes we are just a victim or a participant for good or bad of other people's decisions but those aren't the only decisions and choices that impact our lives come on we have choices that impact our lives and so we have to look for just a second of how these choices how they weigh out again what we find out is that David was in the cave as a result of King Saul's choices to want to kill him. But, Saul, but uh, David made it out of the cave because of the choices he made while he was in the cave. So listen, I want you to know, some of you, man, you are at the mercy of some people's choices, but you got choices of your own to make. I want to make sure that while I'm in the cave, while I'm in the season, while I'm in the moment, I'm making the best choices to be the best person to get to the best call that God has for me. Come on, somebody. I want the crown, not just the cave. So here's a question. What can you control when things are out of control? Because that's a cave moment. Like, I didn't, I didn't see this coming. I didn't want this. I didn't choose this. How quick can I get out of this? A lot of times we feel like we're a victim. We're a victim of, of society and culture, and we're a victim of all of these things. We're a victim of COVID. And while, again, much of that is true, while there are things happening around us that impact us, you have a part to play. You have decisions that you can make. And so what can you control when things are out of control? Your choices. And so what are the choices you need to make in your cave moment? I want to just talk about just two that I think David made that I think we can learn something from. Check this out, 1 Samuel 22, verse 1 and verse 2 again. Listen to this. It says, so David left Gath and escaped to the cave of Adullam, and soon his brothers and all his relatives joined him there. I wonder if he's thinking, dang, they found me. <laughs> like, <laughs> can you imagine he's out in the cave, he's all alone, and there's this, his family's coming. Depending on how much you love your family or how you feel about your family probably reflects how he felt in that moment. And here's what we know a little bit about David and his family. They weren't real fans of each other, so he's probably like, ugh. Sometimes God's going to send some people to you in the season you're in. And he's not always going to send you the people you want to hang out with and the people you want to roll with. Sometimes God's going to allow people to come into your life that you would never pick, but God picked you to be a part of their life because the same way you're a victim of other people's choices, God wants you to make choices and God wants you to make decisions that's going to positively impact other people who are also going through cave moments. Come on. And so here this, this, his family shows up, but that's not all that comes to the party. Come on, it's a party right here. Someone should have been charging $5 a head at the cave entrance. Then others began coming. Men who were in trouble or in debt or were just discontented. And this is so powerful. If you have a Bible in front of you, you underline thing, you need to get this. Until David was the captain. I want everybody to say that word, the captain. Until David was the captain of about 400 men. So think about this. Here's David. Imagine his state of mind. 
He was just in the king's court. Again, the shepherd field to the battlefield to the king's court waiting for the king's crown. He's ready. And all of a sudden he's in a cave. Can you imagine how discouraged he was because probably he's the same way that you are, that you get discouraged. He felt overwhelmed. He probably had a bad attitude. His faith was waning. He was struggling. God, where are you at? And all of a sudden, like these people don't show up to encourage him, like people who are in worse condition than he is shows up. Like, thanks God for sending me these people. That's awesome. You know the old saying, birds of a feather flock together, like people who have kind of the, you'll find yourself, I'm just telling you, if, if you find yourself constantly surrounded by critical people, gossipy people, if you constantly find yourself by high caliber leaders, I'm just telling you, you are drawing to yourself the type of person and personality that you are. That's a fact. And so if you don't like your crowd, it could be a good reflection of who you are. And so here's David. He has all of these probably, he's struggling mentally, emotionally. And all of a sudden, this 400 men show up to the cave that he's at, which means it's probably like bigger than Barney Rubble's cave. That's the old Flintstone. Some of you are like, I don't understand. Who is Barney Rubble? Watch a real cartoon. That's all I'm saying. Wilma! So he's... He's in the cave. All of a sudden, these guys show up, and the Bible says these people are in debt and discontented and discouraged. Like, their life is in worse shape than David's life. But here's what I want you to see, and this is so powerful. When I'm talking about the choices you make in the cave, I want you to hear this. You need to understand that you, ha you can choose your calling. Choose your calling because what David did with these men, and I don't have time to get into all of it, but David ultimately takes these regular, everyday, average men, and because he was a warrior, but he wasn't yet a leader, he took these everyday men and he turned them into warriors and learned how to lead them. And he just didn't have an army of mighty men fighting with him in the cave season, but these were the same critical army that he took into the, into the crown and into the king's court. I'm telling you, what you're doing in your cave season will move into the next season, so make really good decisions. Choose your calling. Listen, callings don't activate when you get into position. Your calling is activated in the season you're in. You can walk in your calling in the cave. It doesn't just happen in the castle or wearing a crown. What God's called you to do and anointed you to do and gifted to do. Listen, don't wait until you're in the position you want, getting the paycheck you hope for, walking the career path that you're waiting on. Be who God's called you to be now. Choose your calling now in the cave moment so it's just automatic when you get to the other side of it. Choose your calling. He's a captain. So callings don't begin in castles. They begin in caves. They don't begin when you are where you want to be. Be they are where you right now are. Be the king where you are. Who do you want to be when this is over? Be that person now. Choose your calling. Choose. Be the per while you're single. Be the, be the best person. When you get into a relationship, treat that person the way you want to be treated. Don't wait until you got the manager position or don't wait until, don't wait until you're, you, you're the CEO. Like have a leadership mentality now. Lead where you are. Love where you are. Be excellent where you are. Be a detailed person where you are. Come on, maximize the moments of the season you're in. Listen, God will never elevate you to the crown until you're ready for the crown. Again, man, those two things have to, God will take care of the calling. You take care of your character. And when God knows you're ready, he will open the door and he will put you in place. Choose your calling. And the second thing I want you to see in this season while David is in the cave, this is a, a really cool moment. So think about this. David is now, uh, he's, he's hanging out in this cave. This is home now. He's primitive camping for like years. 
I imagine he's out of mosquito spray at this point. It's got to be really bad. And while he's there, remember, King Saul wanted to kill him. Well, King Saul didn't want to kill him just in the court. King Saul is so committed to kill David that basically he leaves his responsibility of leading the nation to head up a hunting party looking for David. And so here's David and his men in the cave, and here's King Saul and his men, and they're out hunting and scouting looking for David to kill him. And so while he's out, Saul is walking around. He drank a lot of water that morning, right? He's trying to move, move liquids through, and all of a sudden, he's got to handle his business. And because he's a primitive camper too, he don't have a bathroom with him, so he looks for a place to go handle his business. And watch what happens. 1 Samuel 24, verse 3 and verse 4 says, At the place where the road passes some sheepfolds, Saul went into a cave to relieve himself. But as it happened, David and his men were hiding farther back into that very cave. Now's your opportunity, David's men whispered to him. Today the Lord is telling you, I will certainly put your enemy into your power to do with as you wish. So David crept forward. Like here's, here's the guy that's been wanting to kill him. Here's a perfect opportunity. To he has no idea that the David he's looking for is in the very cave he's relieving himself. And all of the 400 men are like, here's your chance. Take him out. Kill him and you can just inherit the throne. You're the next man up. And David creeps up and David crept forward and cut off a piece of the hem of Saul's robe. What? Who wants to see that in a movie? I know that may seem very weird, but here's what happens. Saul later gets home and he's taking off his robe, getting ready to put on his night robe. And he looks and he's like, there's a piece of my robe missing. And he, it comes together later that ultimately he realizes that David could have killed him, but didn't kill him. Like, is there any more vulnerable position than to be relieving yourself and your victim who wants, or your, your uh, adversary who wants to take you out is right behind you. But here's what I want you to hear. Why did David do that? Because David understood something, man. You got to choose in the cave. You got to choose your character. What kind of person, what kind of person are you going to be when you got the crown, when you're back in the castle, when you're walking? See, come on, it doesn't, just, it doesn't just happen there. Come on, I want, you all to, I want you all to hear me. Be who God's called. Choose your calling. Start walking it out. Start living it and choose your character. Be a person of character now, not just when the spotlight's on you, not just when you're on the platform, not just when you're in the main chair, not just when you're wearing the manager's badge. Here's what's crazy is the darkness that David hated was the same darkness God used to hide him. I mean, this is, David hated being in the cave, but when Saul walked in because it was so dark in there, he never even knew David was there. I'm telling you, do you know that some of the best pictures, pictures are developed in a dark room. Again, why are we in the cave? Because we're being developed in the dark room. God is using the darkness to hide us from the season. We're not ready, for, ready yet because God's preparing us and God's honing us. Come on, does anybody want what God has for you? It's a cave moment that's gonna get us there. Again, we're shaped in the cave. Here's what we find out. Why did, why did David, why did he just cut off a hem of the garment? Because he understood something. That it wasn't his role to force himself into the calling. It's never your role. It's never your role to, cook, to kick down the door. 
God, the Bible says that God opens doors and God closes doors. It's never our role to kick down the door. What our role is, is I'm ready when the door opens to go to the other side. And so I know it's not big, unfortunately, in the culture we live, but David understood something about honor. And he understood that when God puts someone in position, whether you respect that, that person or like that person or agree with that person, God put that person in position. And because God put that person in position, because we honor God, we're going to honor that person. You may not always agree with politicians. You may not agree with your mayor. You may not like our president. You may not always be fans of our Congress. You may not like your pastor. You may not always agree with your manager. You may not always uh, agree with the decisions that your CEO makes. But I'm just telling you, God's word says very, very clearly in the book of Romans that every authority has been established by God. God put that person specifically there for a reason, which means maybe God put a person that you, conf- conf- that you conflict with or you contradict with, but God's going to use that that contradiction to do something in your character to get you ready for your crown and so we just got to allow ourselves to show honor in those moments but I think more importantly than that here's what David knew David knew in order for him to be an effective king he was going to have to have a lot of honor around him and if he wanted to reap honor he had to sow honor I'm going to sow honor in the cave moment that I can reap it in the crown moment which means again how we're acting and how we're living in the dark moment in the season we don't want to be in. It impacts what we're going to have and what we're going to walk in when we get to the other side of the cave season. So again, why, why I think nobody would ultimately choose a cave. God's using this season. I, I think if you're probably having healthy conversations with people, again, while this is so hard and people are wrestling, I, I know that many of you watching this you're facing some financial difficulties and things are happening in the economy and maybe some of you lost your job or you can't find a job. While some parts of our economy are exploding, other parts are struggling. People have been displaced in their housing. People are struggling to pay rent. Again, there are so many things happening, but I just want you to know that we serve a God who is 100% in control. And while he may not be doing what you think he should do, while he should be doing it, he is getting your call ready for you while you get ready for your call. Take advantage of this moment. But I just want you to know the reason he took you to this cave moment is because it's those cave moments that shape us. It's those cave moments. Come on, when you look back at Jeremiah, Jeremiah was an Old Testament prophet and God gives him a picture that God's people were like a piece of clay on a wheel. And the only way the clay is gonna take shape and take form is if somebody puts some pressure on it, if somebody begins to shape it. What God will do is God will use the cave moment to shape you for the next season. If you're taking notes without friction and force, you'll never find your form without friction without some things rubbing on you without some things getting on your nerves without some force without some pressure you'll never take the form that God wants you listen it doesn't come in the even kill life it comes in the story arc that you find out who you are and you find out your part in God's play Psalm 57 this is where we're going to close so again David man he is he ultimately he gets to the other side of the cave he becomes the king of Israel he becomes one of the greatest kings that ever lived He's the one who set up preparing, building the temple. He's the one who won victories. He's the one who was a man after God's heart. But Psalm 57 was a psalm that he wrote. There's actually three psalms. Psalms are songs. David wrote many of the psalms that are recorded in the book of Psalms. He wrote the lyrics to all these songs. And there's three songs specifically that he wrote in this cave season. 
I'd encourage you to check it out. I think it's Psalm 34, Psalm 57, and Psalm 142. But here's one of them, and I just want you to hear. So again, he's, he's, this is him. He's just now in the cave. He's been, run out of the, he's been run out of the king's court. He's hanging out in a cave. He, feel like, he feels like he's missed the crown. And here's what he says. He's hiding in a cave from Saul, Psalm 57, 1 and 2. I want everybody to read this. If you're, you're at home, come on, read this with me. He says, have mercy on me, O God. Have mercy. I look to you for protection. I will hide beneath the shadow of your wings until danger passes by. He recognized that his safety wasn't in the walls of the cave. His safety was underneath God's presence. So I'm telling you, your cave, I'm telling you ultimately, run to God. Run to God's presence. Run to God's word. Run to God in prayer. Run to God. Like, don't look to protect yourself. Run to God. He said, listen, my safety's not in these walls. My safety is in you. But then he says this, and here's where I'm going to close. He said, I cry to God. This is him in a cave. This is him discouraged. This is him in despair. This is him thinking his life is over. This is him thinking he's lost it all. He's never going to be the, the, the king that he was anointed to be as a kid. It's never going to happen. But he says this, I cry out to God most high. Everybody read it. To God who will fulfill his purpose for me. I love it. He's like, God, I don't understand why I'm here. I don't like why I'm here. I would never pick this. But here's why I know. is while I don't like where I am, God, I still know that you're going to prepare the purpose you have for me. Come on, you need to have confidence in COVID seasons, in cave seasons, in difficult moments. God is still going to fulfill his purpose in you. God isn't going to let you down, but while he's preparing your calling, you got to prepare you. you got to make good choices. you got to walk in your calling, and when the time is right, God will remove the saw, and God will elevate the David. God will put you in your place at the right time if you're ready. So I'm not going to be discouraged at the cave, or I'm not just going to give in to the discouragement. I'm going to fight it. And so what decisions are you making in this season? Are you, are you using the difficult moment to get ready? Are you walking in the person and being the person you want to be later? Are you doing it now? The only thing you have control over right now, you don't have control over the economy. You don't have control over COVID. You don't have control over finding a vaccine. Most of you don't. But you have control over your attitude. You have control over your actions. You have control over your words. You have control over your faith. Make choices that God will use to make this cave moment a great moment if you're home and you're watching this and you're saying pastor I'm in a really dark difficult season and it's not really COVID maybe some of you are in a divorce season in a difficult relational season or a tough financial season I just want you to know man God is still going to fulfill his purpose in you God will fulfill his purpose in you But if you're watching this and you're in that cave, but man, you're believing to get to the other side, I'm I'm waiting for what God has for me. If that's you, I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, again, nobody wants to live in a cave. When you're forced into it, it's hard, it's difficult. Again, it's isolating, it's discouraging, it's dark, and it's dreary. And some of us watching this are feeling the weight of the moment we're in. We're feeling the weight of the isolation. We're, We're starting to feel depression coming on us but I pray in the name of Jesus I pray that you would know that even in the cave God's with you I pray that depression would be broken I pray that anxiety would flee and I pray that you would steadily and surely make choices every day in the cave season you're in to become the person God wants you to be that you'd walk and be the person be the dad be the mom 
be the athlete. Be the, be the person in the position you're in to get ready for the person God's called you to be. And so, Lord, I pray, give us the courage to walk in our calling and give us the courage to be people of character. In Jesus' name, and everybody who agrees, said amen. Hey, listen, man, thanks so much for joining us for week one of Made in the Cave. Make sure you're back next week. But listen, before we get off, I want to make sure I give you an opportunity to find your hope. Again, maybe you're looking for safety and security and all kinds of things. People in this season are turning to drugs and alcohol. Maybe that's not your thing, but I'm telling you, Jesus, he's the one we run to. And so if you're here and you've never given your life to Christ, if you're watching this and you've never turned to him, I tell you, he loves you. The Bible says all of us are separated from a God who loves us because of our sin. There's nothing really we can do about it because you can't be good enough to fix it. You can't give enough to fix it. You can't read the Bible enough to fix it. You can't do enough good deeds to fix it. But Jesus came and he paid the price. He died on the cross so we could find forgiveness. He took our punishment so we could have his righteousness, his forgiveness. And when you just say yes to his gift of grace and forgiveness, the Bible says immediately we become sons and daughters of God. We're forgiven and we're put in a relationship with a God who loves us. And so as I close, if you're watching this and you just want to say yes to Jesus. God, I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need to rely on you in this cave. I want to lead you in a simple prayer and you can pray this right where you are. Say, Jesus, I trust you and I put my hope in you. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to be my savior and I commit for the rest of my life to follow you and to serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, listen, if you prayed that prayer, I would encourage you just to take a moment right where you are and text ALIVE, A-L-I-V-E, to 97000. We'd love to connect with you in your spiritual journey. Hey, we'll see you back next week for week two of Made in the Cave.